I will remember this forever. I did it New Year's Eve, and it was kind of like I'm starting a new chapter. I'm starting a new business, and I came up with a name, and I thought, you know, I'm 50 years old. There has never been a better time to reinvent yourself. (laughs) From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Today on Going Solo, I'm speaking with the owner of We Write It Now, Christy Meenan. Christy was really motivated to build a successful business, and she has. Stay with us to hear all the details. In today's episode, Christy talks about the importance of finding your tribe of colleagues. That's why the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues is the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Christy Meenan. Christy is a Dallas native, and at 50 years young, she reinvented herself and transitioned from a job she needed to creating the career she always dreamed of. Christy is a certified resume writer, job search strategist, and LinkedIn pro. In 2018, she launched her business, We Write It Now, and has never looked back. Christy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Christy, why did you start your business? You, I mean, sort of alluded to it in what I read for your, your bio, but um, sure. tell me a little bit more about the story. So I was unemployed. I found myself at the age of 49, unemployed. I tried to get hired. I thought I was doing everything correctly. You know, I had a strong resume. I had a strong network of people vouching for me. I had a degree. I had some great experience behind me. And I tried for over a year to get hired. And, um, you know, a year later, I had only a handful of interviews and not a single offer. And so I just found myself stuck. You know, I knew that I could not continue to do the same thing and expect different results. And so it was at that point that I had to decide, okay, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Had you ever thought about starting a business before? I had thought about it before, but honestly, it's a pretty risky move. So I thought, you know, and I'm sure we'll probably touch on this later, but there's that whole element of fear, you know, the fear factor, the fear of failure, the fear of success. Honestly, the fear of success scared me more than the fear of failure. (laughs) To be honest, tell me a little bit about the fear of success. Well, you know, it it had been so long since I'd really experienced anything substantial in the world of, you know, success. Honestly, my internal brain didn't equate Christy with success, you know, so it was a very uncomfortable feeling. It was unnatural. I didn't know what to expect. What would that look like? What would the impact be? It was just very unfamiliar. So how did you feel about the possibility of failure? Well, at that point in my life, failure was not an option. I was committed and I was committed a thousand percent. And I had the mindset of I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know, and if that means working 
14, 15 hour days to make this happen, that's what I was going to do. If that meant doing things uncomfortable, that's what I was going to do. I was prepared. I was prepared to do all of the things so that I wouldn't have to experience failure again. And what was your first step in the business building process? I came up with the company name and that was really exciting. And I did it. I mean, I will remember this forever. I did it New Year's Eve and it was kind of like I'm starting a new chapter and I'm starting a new business. And I came up with a name and I thought, you know, I'm 50 years old. There has never been a better time to reinvent yourself. (laughs) But I'm so thankful I did. Truly. It's been fantastic. Better than I could have ever imagined. And is the name that you came up with the same name that you're using now for your business? It is. It is. Okay. And it's funny. I kept the name. Well, I came up with the name because I knew I wanted to write. I knew I was a great writer. I didn't exactly know how that would all unfold, you know? And so that's why my the name of my company doesn't have resumes in it because it started as just a writing service, you know, providing writing services to anybody that needed them. <laughs> so it was very vague and a little messy. Well, that's all, yeah, that's often how it how it happens because in the very beginning we don't know where the product market fit might be and how that will dovetail with what we love to do and what our own competencies are. So it is often hard to figure that out. And there's a lot of trial and error involved. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Tell me about how you figured out where you actually would be successful and and where you saw once business started coming in, where you saw business actually working. So I started We Write It Now to be very general writing services, whether that's copywriting, script writing, ghost writing, whatever that may be. And then I had a meeting with a business coach that pushed me to get a little bit more clarity to to better define what that writing role looks like. And this business coach asked me a really powerful question. What are you good at? What comes naturally? What do people need? And can you monetize it? And so when I sat down and I started asking myself those questions and and what happens at that particular intersection, I landed on all of the knowledge that I gained after my failed attempt to get hired. Because when I wasn't able to get hired, I met with recruiters to figure out what I was doing wrong. You know, what do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? What do I need to do a better job at? And what I learned really blew me away. It was things that I had no idea about. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know what, if I don't know this stuff, if I don't know this information, there are thousands of other job seekers out there that don't know it either. And so if I can combine my experience writing, my knowledge writing, my marketing background with the tools to help job seekers that they don't know, that sounds like a pretty strong business. So that's kind of how it all came together. All right. So what was it that you didn't know? Oh, where do I start? So I heard about applicant tracking systems, but I was not convinced that that was a really big deal. I thought that was just one of these things that was a hot button at the time. So I didn't really 
I didn't write my resume for the applicant tracking system. So that was one mistake I made. Another mistake I made was being everything to all people. So I had experience in three distinct areas and I compiled all of that experience and meshed it into one resume. And so when what I thought is that I'm coming across as I can do anything, just put me in the role and I can prove that I can do it, right? And how it actually was interpreted as this girl doesn't know what she wants to do. She's not clear. And if she's not clear, I'm not going to waste my time on somebody that's unclear because there's a hundred other people that are clear. So that was probably one of the biggest mistakes. Right. So are you saying that for a resume, it's better to have um, a narrow niche as your specialty? Absolutely. And I do want to stress that there are people out there that maybe they're not 100% clear on it. And while that's not ideal, it's okay. But if if you're not completely convinced on the direction you want to take, you might need two separate resumes, one that is geared towards one area and one that is geared towards another area. But if you combine the two, it's not going to be as effective. So was your initial business people looking for jobs? Yes. And a lot of my first clients were moms that were looking to get back into the workplace, you know, so they had raised their kids. They had been out of the workforce for, you know, 10 years, 15 years, five years, whatever that looks like. And they didn't know how to reenter the workforce. You know, they didn't know about the ATSs. They didn't know about formatting with resumes. They didn't know how best to present themselves. So that was kind of, that was my first group of clients, I guess, if you want to say that. Mm -hmm. And what was your success rate like with them? Gosh, I don't even know. What I do know is they were getting a better response with the resumes that I produced because those resumes were more targeted and they were written. They were designed to get past the applicant tracking systems, you know, and a big part of that is using keywords relevant to the industry and or the role that you're applying to. And so they were getting better results from the resume. And that's my big goal for people is, you know, I can't get you hired. I can get your resume seen. I can get your resume better performance than what is happening currently. Unfortunately, I just can't guarantee that I'm going to get you hired. It's just there's way too many things that are in play that are out of my control. Yeah, well, that's for sure. So fast forward to today, what's your business like now? Oh my gosh, it is fantastic. I am so happy helping job seekers. I can help more job seekers than ever because I've been able to add a couple of writers to my team to help me. I now offer LinkedIn profile makeovers and I offer LinkedIn coaching, two completely separate things. So I teach job seekers the importance of LinkedIn And I teach them some of the lesser known things about LinkedIn from a job seeker's perspective. So that includes, you know, tapping into the hidden job market. It includes identifying key people at some of your target companies and take it a step further. It's not just identifying those key people, but it's figuring out creative ways to get in front of them, to get your profile in front of them. And there's authentic organic relationship building on LinkedIn that people just forget about. So, you know, I love teaching them all the things about LinkedIn. I love helping them build their brand on LinkedIn and really 
make the job search process shorter and more bearable because looking for a job, you know, I don't necessarily equate that with fun. You know, it's not typically the highlight of your day. So what I try to do is I partner up with job seekers. I give them hope. I transform their career documents. Sometimes that means transforming their own personal mindset. They may come to me and feel like, they are not worthy of a better opportunity. They are not worthy of a higher compensation, or they may feel lost and not sure what direction to take. And so if I can, if I can transform their documents and transform their mindset, that's powerful stuff. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your own experience with mindset and how it dovetails with how you're able to help your clients. Because you mentioned earlier that when you were first thinking about starting a business, you didn't equate a high rate of success with Christy, yet here you are today. Not only have you built enough business for yourself, but you also now have a team, right? The business is feeding more than one person, which is quite remarkable considering that you were struggling for a long time to find the job until you actually shifted course and worked on building a business. I mean, mindset is everything, you know, and every business owner out there is going to experience highs and lows. So one of the things that I do, if I'm experiencing a low in my business, and it may not even be directly related to the business, let's just say I, you know, had a bad day in business and it wasn't super productive or whatever that looks like. You know, there are things that I do, actionable items that I can take that kind of flip the script and and reframe my mindset. And one of the things I do, it's going to sound kind of goofy, but I go to my website and I look at my client testimonials. I read what they have said, what past clients have said. And that's a reminder of, of just the fact that I do bring value to people, that I am helping people have better lives. And that right there is very powerful. So, so taking the lows for what they are experiencing them. Don't try to stuff those feelings, you know, accept it for what it is and then get over it. Honestly, (laughs) you know, it's okay to be upset, but it's not okay to be upset for days. You know, people have slumps, people fail. Okay. Well, dust yourself up, dust yourself off and try again. It is completely okay to fail. In fact, if you're not failing, you're not trying enough new things. You know, you're not growing. Yeah, that is, that is uh, quite true. Christy, how long did it take you before you felt like you had consistent business and it was less risky than trying to get a job? Uh, probably a year and a half, maybe. And honestly, I don't know if a year and a half is a short amount of time or a long amount of time. For me, it was really when I, when it started to be that I realized I had all these people reaching out to me asking for help and I couldn't serve them on my own. That was when I realized, you know what, I might need a team and I think I'm going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty awesome. What advice would you give someone who is mid-career and either feeling not so happy in in her or his job, thinking maybe there's a better path for a career long-term, or somebody who has been pushed out and is kind of on the fence about whether 
to look for another job or to start a business? You know, I think the first thing that somebody would need to do in either one of those scenarios is to write a list of all of the great things that you do, like all of your skills, the things that come naturally, the things that you're good at, the things that you love to do, and start start with that piece. And then if you if you are considering going out on your own, start watching other solopreneurs and see what they're doing and see how they're doing it. And, and is it working well for them? If so, model it, don't copy it, but look intentionally at everything they're doing. Look at all of the processes that are in, in their method, you know, and figure out how you can adapt it to fit your own mindset, your own needs, your own goals. So that would be the first step. Well, the first step is identifying your skills. The second step is to identify other people that are doing the same thing and having success. And then I think the third would be spend some time and don't knock all this out in one day because it would be really overwhelming, but then spend some time thinking about, okay, if I were to decide to go out on my own, what would that look like? What steps would have to happen? And then figure out, okay, now I know the steps, what has to happen? How am I going to get there? And figure out what that looks like and just start chipping away, you know, like, like a block, start chipping away bit by bit by bit. And how do you figure out when you need help and where to go if you do need help? Oh, well, okay. Here's a great example. So I, I'm a writer. I'm a word girl. Numbers is not my area. So anything related to numbers in my business, I need to outsource. There's no sense in me trying to figure out something and not doing it well. It's a smarter investment in my time to find somebody that is skilled in that particular area. Going back to what I said earlier, you can't be all things to every person, you know, so I would need to hire an accountant to manage my books or with my business, my business coach highly recommended that I get some systems in place and, and get some automations in place so that I can help more job seekers and so that I can scale. And, you know, I didn't even know what systems were. I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't understand. And then when I learned about it, I thought, oh my God. And it, it just kind of made my stomach turn because that is also not my area. And so what did I do? I leveraged the power of my existing connections, of my network of people that have supported me every step of the way. And I said, I need somebody to help me with systems. Who do you recommend? And then I have interviews with those people. And I I found somebody that that I jived with, that I connected with, you know? And so that person set up my systems. Then I had social media, you know, I couldn't be on all platforms and continue to help people. So I had to get somebody to help with my social media presence, you know? And so it's really finding your tribe in terms of clients, but it's also finding your tribe in terms of business counterparts, you know? What have you done that has given you the most success? What systems have you implemented that have transformed your business? Who implemented those systems for you? Like LinkedIn is, as you know, David, 
it's such a giving community. LinkedIn is such a giving community. And all you have to do is ask for help. And you will have people out there that want to help you. So align yourself with people that want to see your success, that care about you as a human, and that are willing to help. Yeah. Where where are some of the places where you have found your tribe in terms of colleagues? So my business was kind of interesting because when I actually launched the resume piece of it, <laughs> the country went into lockdown. And so people were getting laid off left and right. There was absolutely zero hiring. And that was a pretty scary um, time in my on my job search, not on my job search journey, but, you know, within my business, I thought, okay, so I'm writing resumes for a country where nobody's hiring. How is that going to shake out? But I started finding my tribe on Facebook because I thought, you know, that's where people are. If they're not working, they're going to be on Facebook. And so I started building a tribe on Facebook. Two other things that I did on Facebook is I found a group of resume writers on Facebook. So it was a Facebook group for resume writers. So then I had this instant connection with other people that were doing the same thing. And I was very fortunate because those people in that group are terrific. The second Facebook group I joined was a group of solopreneurs. So it was two ladies. Uh, one had systems expertise and one had um, client expertise. And so they poured into all these solopreneurs. And so I got to bond with other people in similar situations outside of resume writing. So I spent a year building my tribe on Facebook. And then when the uh, country opened back up and at the end of the year, I moved everything over to LinkedIn. So I kind of shifted my focus and I spent less time on Facebook because people were back at work and I put all my efforts into LinkedIn. So now I have two really strong platforms that I'm very thankful for, both on Facebook and on LinkedIn. That sounds great. So how long has it been that you've been in business now? December 31st, 2018. Wow. Well, congratulations on everything you've built. It's pretty awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so thankful. And, you know, I, I worked hard at it. I really did. I worked really hard. So, I mean, for people out there that are considering doing something similar, starting their own business, you know, don't let fear get in your way. Anybody can do it, but it's also not for everybody. You know, it's hard, but it's so rewarding and so worth it. I would not change a thing. Yeah. Where would you like your business to go? You know, honestly, what I'd really like to do is have one piece of my business focus on recent college graduates. And then I'd actually like to go speak on campuses to give them confidence in their job search journey and give them shortcuts to get hired faster. I would really love to explore that option. You know, I have two kids. One is entering college this year, and then one is graduating college next year. So I feel for these kids, and I want to do whatever I can to help them get through it. Sounds great. Christy, we've covered a lot of territory. If somebody wants to access any resources you have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? So two places, LinkedIn. I... I love LinkedIn. It's my happy place. And you can find me on LinkedIn at Christy Meenan, C-P-R-W, or you can visit my website at wewriteitnow.com. Lots of good stuff over there. Sounds great. Well, Christy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us 
today on Going Solo and share your story. It's it's fascinating. My guest today has been the owner of We Write It, Christy Meenan. Thank you again, Christy, for joining us. Thank you so much, David. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode, along with the links we mentioned on the show. In today's episode, Christy talks about the importance of finding your tribe of colleagues. That's why the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues is the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.